I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 129 of Shades of Brown. Um, and this week, I mean, we have some, we have actually a f- fair amount of things to talk about. Uh, the, we're going to start with like the devices segment. So we have like Microsoft and Apple product announcements. So let's start with the, start with the Microsoft one. Uh, and the Microsoft one is they they unveiled uh, a bunch of new uh, Surface devices, right? Uh, so what what is there? So we have the Surface Book Three, we have the Surface Go Two, we have the Surface Headphones Two, and the Surface Earbuds, right? And the Surface Dock Two and the USB C Travel Hub, I guess. Uh, I, can we just wait, let's start off one point? I want to just so you, I don't have to drag you into USB C how later. Let's get this out of the way. All right, let's just let's talk about Thunderbolt now. Get that off the bingo card. And let, let's get this out of the way. So to set the stage here, a couple weeks back, a video leaked from an internal Microsoft pr- presentation talking about why they don't include Thunderbolt on their Surface <laughs> devices, and their right. explanation was Thunderbolt is a direct memory access port, I believe. And therefore, it's a vector for attack. It's an attack surface, which is true. Yes. But, and this is this is a big but. This is bold, actually, you know, double stars, everything, all the markdown on this but. But if you have physical access to a device, you're already fucked. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, uh, when like, it's like, yeah, like there's a big vulnerability, but you need physical access. Like, oh, come on. Like, in the same video, it's, it's, in the same video, they also said they have soldered RAM and not user, user swappable RAM because if an attacker was to liquid nitrogen freeze the RAM <laughs> and pull it off, they could dump it. Which, once again, Sure. Yes, you could freeze RAM and dump the contents of that memory because it's not protected. Sure. You know what else you could do? You could take a fucking baseball bat to my head and ask me for my password. Exactly. Like, come on, like Microsoft. Like, you just, just, just don't. Just like, yeah, that's a little. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like saying, it, it, it's like saying, if you're playing like a game of Overwatch and you have two people standing behind you and one person standing behind an enemy player, they could be on the phone telling each other what they're doing, and so you can cheat. Like, yes, you can involve, you can put other people in and cheat very easily in a game that way. But like, it's a lot of fucking work, and no one's going to do that. And more importantly, in a professional context, there's safeguards in place that prevent that from happening. If it was to happen, it'd be found out super quick it just does not so with that they have a USB-C hub for the surface that plugs into the surface connector because fuck USB-C according to Panos oh, fuck Thunderbolt right yeah fuck Thunder I mean he's not a fan of USB-C as well you remember when you put USB-C on the last surfaces and on the Vergecast interview he basically said I did it so you guys would stop complaining to me about it <laughs> yeah he did I remember that I remember the interview he was like <laughs> I just did it because you guys keep complaining about it and like I want you to stop complaining so I put oh fuck but Pepanos but is, is, is great just he has these weird hangups about uh, you know honestly Panos is as much as a fuck capitalism right let's get that out of the way I like Panos as a person though. He's he he's he's in for it, right? Like there's there's Microsoft bullshit like using the Surface earbuds with Office and I'm being proud about it. But he's like Panos is like fuck you. I'm going to use this with Office cuz I spent 8 months making this myself. This is my shit and it's dope. And you know what? We need more people with that kind of energy in this world. I I think yeah, he really is a very good speaker and presenter and marketer to be honest. Like he's very good at presenting these devices very enthusiastically, which is 
kudos to him, I guess. Uh, but at the very least, uh, like these these devices are nice, right? So I think we should start. Um, let's start with the from the bottom up, right? We get the Surface Books, like I think, is the most interesting. So let's start with the Surface earbuds and work our way through there. So basically, the earbuds are their their AirPod competitors that are two hundred dollars now. They were announced last year, but they now have a price drop of fifty dollars. So now start at two hundred, and they what differs from them and traditional earbuds is that these are more of a self-contained design, right? Like they look more like earplugs than they look like earbuds. They're a lot more discreet, I feel like. And I I don't think that's a bad design, honestly. They look strange, but I don't think it's strange in a bad way. Um, and also, apparently, you can uh, link a Spotify account, uh, premium account, and on Android phones, like you can just like start streaming music from the service with like a triple tap on the earbuds. I mean, if you have an Android phone, that's pretty cool. Uh, it also has that <laughs> that uh, integration with uh, Microsoft 365 uh, apps where you can use uh, the microphone to use voice to navigate uh, emails through <laughs> Outlook uh, or like advanced. I mean, the advanced slides feature is not like a, like a total terrible feature if it works, right? Uh, you know, uh, create captions for a PowerPoint presentation in real time. Uh, Sure. They also have eight hours of battery life, which is more than any pair of AirPods. Mm, eight hours is impressive, but like how? How does this have eight hours of battery life? Like I have questions, but how this has eight hours. Well, there's also um the Samsung earbuds have eight hours as well, right? Like the Samsung AirPod competitors. It's the AirPods that have trashy battery life. I imagine, right, that entire circle is like a touch sensitive layer than just a giant battery in there, right? Like they probably have the driver in What's the earbud part. Like what do when this when they say eight hours of battery, like what how are they testing? Like what are they playing over these? Like how it's probably eight hours of music because when you have calls, right, using more battery power since you're powering up the uh, microphones, but eight hours of listening to that's that's a full work day. And these heads these headsets or rather these earbuds for just like doing um conference calls and other work stuff don't sound like that bad of an option because I know that the um the folks of our Windows Central they have a unit and they've been tweeting about it and basically this design isn't sound isolating right like this is one that you'll be able to hear other sounds with but i don't think that's inherently a bad thing for the earbuds no that's not really uh, uh yeah i mean they're not marketing these as like like sound can- noise canceling right uh they charge the case charges over USB C, so that's that's good. Hmm, Panos, hmm, charging over USB C, but not, but not you putting it in your products. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the other audio related uh, announcement was the the head the Surface headphones too. Uh, so this is the second of the second of these Surface ones. Like, was the last one good? I don't remember. Like, the last one it has faded from my from my memory. Uh, the so if I remember the um the review of it from MKBHD was they look fire and even in black like these these are good looking headphones right they, these are fire looking headphones but it was basically the noise um cancellation wasn't as good as say Bose's but because of that it's a balance right where if you have like really strong noise cancellation like that's that kind of isolation a gives people headaches, right? Like having super strong noise isolation can give you a headache because of how they cut out the frequency. So this was a lighter on the noise cancellation, but the sound quality was good. I think it was more of a neutral sound profile that the Surface headphones went for. Right, and uh, these ones now support the uh, Aptex Bluetooth audio codec, right? This is like not supported on 
iPhones, but on Android phones, like if you if you have AppTech support, that that means you get a higher quality stream, right? Uh, so, so like, what else is different? Like, is that the only change, or is that like the battery life? It went up by five hours, right? So it's twenty hours of battery life, and they are a hundred dollars less now. They're only two hundred fifty. And honestly, if you think about it, this versus the Surface earbuds are only fifty dollars, and if I was like, if I were to buy another pair of headphones right now, I would consider these because these, this, this feature set, right, of being Bluetooth, being nicely designed, having a pretty good sound profile, supporting Aptex, and um, being only two hundred and fifty dollars. That's far cheaper than other noise canceling headphones from Sony and Bose. That's true. That's that's that's. I mean, the Bose stuff is more expensive for sure, right? The QC thirty fives are like more expensive than this. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure those are more like cost more uh like yeah that's i mean this is fine like these are fine these audio products are fine i'm sure they're gonna sell a bunch of these like especially the earbuds i'm sure they'll be popular uh i don't know about the headphones but you know the it's not just fine let's move on to the to the computer to the to the uh surface lap like the tablets and laptops uh let's start with the uh the Surface Go Two, which is the which is the what the lowest low end. Uh... It's the upgrade. You remember the Surface Three I had, right? So I used to have a Surface Three. This is like the spiritual successor to that product. And last year there was a Surface Go that launched, and that or actually I think it was two years ago now, and that was pretty compromised because it ran an Intel Pentium Gold processor. I'm just gonna put like cries and gamers Nexus over here somewhere, <laughs> and it also had some pretty chonky bezels. And so they went ahead and cut down the bezels slightly. They upped the screen size, right? So I think it was 10.2 before, but now it's 10.5. And it's still keeping a 3 by 2 aspect ratio, which, once again, um, is the correct aspect ratio. 16 by 9 needs to go away. That's a bad aspect ratio. Only good on TVs. We, Me and the homies, we don't fuck with 16 by 9 no more. Oh, my God. But they also bumped the processor up to a Core M option and moves to nvme storage because before using emc oh wait wait hold up hold but the but the base surface go to is still a dual core pentium gold with four gigs of ram and 64 gigs of emmc storage which is not not great like none of that is should not exist that that this is in the year of our lord 2020 that surface go to i would i i you know if we had to like compare it to an ipad because this is a tablet right I feel like the the iPad that would be in that'd be the same speed wise would be like an iPad two or an iPad three, right? Like an eight year old tablet probably performs as well as that garbage set of hardware, right? That especially that EMMC storage is actually trash, right? Like EMMC is not great for performance. Like it's marginally better than a spinning hard drive is EMMC storage. Yeah, marginally, like not not great. And then the dual core Intel Pentium Gold is uh, not good. No, not it is a very low power chip, and it is uh, gonna be a low, a below average performer. Uh, so it's not that base model is not like yeah, the base model is cheap, but like you can't really use the base model if you wanna like actually use it beyond anything basic, right? Like it's so. Let's say you have four hundred dollars to spend on a tablet, right? You because of how slow the four hundred dollars Surface Go Two is, you can actually do more on an iPad, the three hundred dollars iPad, 
even if iOS is less limited, right? Even though iPadOS is less limited, he's okay, the Surface Go with the Pentium Gold, sure, you can install Photoshop. I don't know if Photoshop will open on it. <laughs> I mean, it might open, but it's going to be very fucking slow. It's going to be uh, faster on the cheap iPad. That's that's probably too. And it's like uh, the highest end, uh, like non LTE option is like what, like six hundred and six hundred thirty dollars. Like, but I thought that. So $600 though, right for if we're comparing it right to other tablets, that'd be iPad Air territory. And having a core M3, eight gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of an actual NVMe SSD. Wait, wait, hold on. The 629 doesn't include the type cover. Uh, so so if, if you need a keyboard, a uh, physical keyboard, then, well, it's going to be like 700 bucks. See, that's the, that's the thing with this, right? Because if, if you're going to, if you just want it for a tablet, I actually think going with that Core M3 model is not the worst, right? But say if you want to get into the Surface line for cheap, at $700, you're honestly better just trying to save up a little bit more and get a Surface Pro, right? Rather than, rather than going for it. Because at that point, right, I feel like the jump from say like $300 to $400 to $500, that's a bigger jump. Then if you're spending $700, you likely also could make by waiting a little bit and spending a thousand dollars right like i don't know i feel like pricing works in a weird way where it, it gets jumps in the low end are less palpable than say going from like a thousand dollars to a thousand two hundred that seems less like if this like this doesn't seem like the greatest value proposition like uh overall like the base model is trash right like and like obviously if you actually need to use this machine regularly that you probably want something more than the and also it ships with Windows 10s in S mode, which you can turn off. Though you can turn off for free now in the Windows Store. It's just the flip you could turn off. Uh so not great. Like not a not a like it's a, it's slightly improved over last year, but like still not not. Well, there's also the I think we when we talk about Apple, we should, we also need to talk about service devices the same way. You still can just bring it to a Microsoft store for service, right? Like I think that's still like the that's, support that, aspect I mean, of it is still it's still important to I mean, point out. Probably not right now, but like I, well, you know, it, uh, I you know I mean regularly, right? You could you could bring it to a Microsoft store because I remember with the um, Service Three I had the digitizer broke on it, and it was literally I went in there, I said, "Hey, this isn't working." Um, they just gave me a new one, and that was the end of it, right? They're like, "We can back this up for you. Um, put an SD card in it. We'll back it up for you." And they just popped it into a new one, and I was good to go there, which is the same as an Apple store, and which is far better, right, than dealing with HP or Dell's customer support, where you're mailing things in, dealing with RMA processes, and and that whole mess. So let's talk about the the big one here, which is the uh, Surface Book Three, right? Uh, this is the laptop, right, with the with the cool hinge, uh, as I as I like, uh, it's called the it called it. A, "Quote unquote fulcrum hinge, right? Uh, so Surface Book Three third available in thirteen point five or fifteen inch sizes, right? Uh, the what is so what is new? Like the internals, right? So the they have a new Intel uh, ten gen core chips, uh, the ten nanometer Ice Lake ones, right? Uh, and more importantly, these are the good. Ice Lake ones. These are the ones running actually, you know, on the smaller process and have the better Iris Pro GPUs built in. Because even though these do come with them, um, you can get NVIDIA um, 1065 Max-Q um, or 1660 Ti Max-Q GPUs in them. Obviously, you know, you don't, you're not always using your laptop in GPU mode, right? Like, so having, because like Windows does that switching on mobile devices between GPUs depending on the workload. So having a better, more power efficient integrated GPU will actually, it will help battery life significantly on this kind of device. Right. And like, um, so you, you have like, uh, you can go up to 32 gigs of RAM. 
uh, DDR4X, right? Uh, LP DDR4X. And also the uh, 15-inch model actually just comes with 16 gigs of RAM by default, which is good. I guess if you're buying the 15-inch model, like you probably want the RAM as well. Uh, the 13.5-inch, like, it, so we have discrete uh, GPUs in these. Uh, the 13.5-inch comes with like a NVIDIA GTX uh, 1650, which is like the, I guess, like the mid to low range card, I think, uh, on NVIDIA's uh, laptop range, right? Isn't that the isn't is that the last gen one right? Because oh no, they're all Turing. No, yeah, these are all Turing. I just checked. I think yeah, I think this is like the low end, uh, low to mid range, and like the fifteen inch with the uh, if you get like the fifteen inch with the Core i seven, you can get a a GTX one sixty six Ti, which is so, it's like a solidly a mid range card, right? Uh, and you could also then upgrade it right to be the Quadro RTX 3000 Max Q, which, uh, which is, yeah, that's not for, but that's only for like commercial channels, right? Like for like, uh, people who want, uh, the, the, the Quadro series of GPUs are for, uh, compute, not for, I mean, compute as in like, if you're doing like, graphics work or like if you're doing like uh cuda related work right yeah they're like the, they're the workstation equivalents of the rtx line although you can't buy those as a consumer you so you have to buy them online but if you go to the microsoft store they do list the four business offerings they don't require you to get in touch with a piece remember last year with the surface laptop right how it shipped with amd and the intel version was offered only to businesses you were still able to buy that online you just had to look for that specific listing so this one should be able for regular people to buy as well I mean, the GP, the GPU options seem fine to me. Like, they, they seem solidly what you'd expect in a laptop, right? Of this kind, uh, of this, like, thickness and size, right? Like, that, that seems, like, fine to me. Uh, I think the only issue, right, is the, is the processor being the 15 watt TDP and not the 45 watt TDP one, right? It's a lower watt, um, capacity because with these devices because you could separate the screen from the base the base is where the battery and the gpu live right and some other components but the 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 top of it has the cpu in it so you need to use a lower wattage cpu just because you also have a big screen there and if someone takes it off you need the battery to be somewhat palatable when it's just being used as a tablet which i don't understand I don't know why any like I have friends who actually they've bought Surface Books on my recommendation before. And these are hella stable computers. These are like these are from at least what I have been told by them are I mean to be honest, I would consider one of these. To be honest, like the 15 inch model, like is is what I would consider. But like it, I mean it's expensive, but like it's basically a, like the Mac- MacBook Pro equivalent, right? Uh like I don't know how else to put it. Like it's the MacBook Pro, but but like, no one takes off the screen though. Like I don't think any of my friends who own one of these have ever used it in tablet mode. <laughs> so let's talk about the I/O, right? Uh, so no Thunderbolt three, no Thunderbolt at all, right? God There's damn it, one one USB C port which has gone from USB three point one Gen one to USB three point one Gen two, so it's like slightly faster. Uh, you want to be able to connect an external GPU, right? Uh, damn it, Panos. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, the rest of the IO, there's two USB A, uh, 3.1 Gen 2 ports, two Surface Connect ports. I guess one on each side. Uh, a SD card reader, which is very good. No, no, the Surface Connect ports, one on the top and one on the base, right? Because you can, you can charge it from the bottom or you can charge it if you have it just in tablet mode. Ah, cool. So there is, uh, also a headphone jack. Uh, there is support for Wi Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5, right? There's a, 
There's 1080p front and rear facing cameras on the, uh, uh, and the power supplies are like 65 watt for the 13.5 and like 127 watt for the 15 inch ones. Uh, battery life is rated at like 15 hours for the 13 one and uh, 17 hours for the 15 inch, which is pretty good. Like that depends on what they're doing with those, but that seems fine for these, right? Especially uh, since you have that lower wattage CPU, that probably helps a whole bunch with that. Although the um, the webcams, I think, are important to note because most laptops have shitty webcams. Surfaces have surprisingly good webcams. Even that Surface Go 2, I saw on YouTube a uh, video demo from it. Because they're thicker, right? Because they have, even this one has a thicker screen than say like your actual Mac would or like another laptop. Since it has components in it, they're actually able to put in bigger lenses and bigger glass for the webcam. So surfaces tend to have some of the best webcams and as well, their microphones, that studio microphone array that Microsoft uses. If you listen to some of the audio, um, I can actually, I can put some YouTube clips in the show notes. They sound good. Like this person was outside recording it and it, you didn't hear much wind come in. You heard mostly their voice. Like, I mean, I guess it's a Microsoft product. So you would assume that they'd be good for conference calls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the target market, right? Like these are these are for 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 that that sort of market. I like yeah, you could like spec it up to like 2 terabyte SSD if you like if you if you have like $3,000 to burn, right? Uh um, Well, I mean, if you if you're getting like a 15-inch Surface Book 3, this is probably going to be your only computer, right? So, in that case, I imagine those higher spec configs are more popular since you probably just want to keep it for a couple of years, right, without having to worry about running out of space or Exactly. I mean, it also has the SD card slot, so you know you're you're pretty pretty solid on storage. Wait, the SD cards? What are those? <laughs> what's it? What's it? What's? Can it really be a computer if it has an SD card slot? I was told to be. I was told that only computers with USB C ports are real computers. All right, so those are like the uh, Microsoft. Uh, I mean, pretty solid, except for the except for the fucking Surface Go Two, which is uh, which is questionable still. I think its existence is. I mean. They're trying to have the low end here, but like the low end is not not the greatest offering, to be honest. Uh, I think I think though the thing about the Surface line is that we and I think me and you have both been pretty consistent in that it's always been a safe option to recommend to people, right? Like outside of that low end Surface too, I feel like if you just someone needed like a Windows computer, just telling them look at any Surface, whichever one you think you'll like the best, go with that one, and you'll probably be happy with it. And I think with these updates, especially with the new headphones and how relative low price there compared to other options and what you get for them i think it's still safe for us to be like yeah service devices like not going to be a bad time if you need a windows machine i don't really care about gaming right and also like the we talk about the dock right and the uh travel hub the travel hub is actually like uh has like uh a, like usb ports on it like usb uh, one usb c and one usb a port it also has a ethernet port on it and like uh, hdmi and vga connectors which is pretty pretty cool you don't like the the vga adapter thing is is definitely popular going to be popular among a certain crowd right who need that those those anyone who needs a mirror their computer to a projector in a conference room yeah exactly in, to connect to a projector which uses vga uh, assuming we ever go back to offices yeah apparently yeah uh i mean if you want either that port you're gonna have to get like the dock to the dock right or like the uh I mean, that's a nice looking dock all things considered or so. i mean honestly just do like a usb to to ethernet <laughs> adapter yeah i mean but the dock gives you more like like it gives you like 
the uh i mean it connects you know what it doesn't give you it doesn't give you thunderbolt all right (laughs) it doesn't give you thunderbolt because obviously this is uh surface products so everybody hates thunderbolt uh but it does ha- it does connect over the Surface Connect port, which means that it doesn't use up a like like a USB port, right? So, so you, you I mean, get- the Surface Connect port is basically like Thunderbolt, right? Because I, I think it's like ten gigabits per second you can get speed wise, and it does full charging. So even if you have this plugged in, right, you're not like losing battery. So as much as I want to talk shit about it, like it is a nice magnetic latched port that can be used for charging and also for one of these. So, like, even if it is kind of gross and proprietary, it's not that bad. It's also, I mean, it's also like three hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars for this for the dock, which is, I mean, the same price as a Thunderbolt three dock, right? Like, if they put it, if they put in Thunderbolt, you spend that much for a Thunderbolt dock anyway. So it's not, it's a grossly expensive, but it isn't out of range for what like the equivalent would be on the Mac. Yeah, side. I mean, for for the things you get on it, like all, like you get two, uh, you get two USB. C ports, right? No, it adds what, like four USB C ports, or is that two? I think it does. It adds two USB A ports, and like, yeah. So it's like, it's a solid. Like, it adds the gigabit Ethernet. So you know, if you need that, it's a dock, right? If you if you have the dock, you can it's useful. So let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the 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 Apple product like uh, announcements. Uh, so there is a new uh, 13-inch MacBook Pro with, and as 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 with with the new Apple Apple laptops is has the uh, it doesn't have the butterfly keyboard anymore, right? It's dead. It's it's dead. There's it's no more. In- no, no rest in peace. No, fuck that shit. The trash. Throw that shit in the trash. <laughs> fuck the butterfly keyboard. Let, rest in like. I don't know, like it rests in uh, infamy, I guess. Like because we we that was a that was a shit show. Like so, if we if we had a list right of old tech shit, we don't the homies don't mess with, right? The homies don't fuck with. We got BlackBerry. We got the butterfly keyboard. We have any controller Sony has made. The original Xbox controller. Um, <laughs> I don't the know, Nintendo like, 60, the NS, whatever the Nintendo no, controller, the Nintendo online service. Like those are all, those are all like the bucket of things the homies don't fuck with because they're trash. And you know what? The rest in rest to this butterfly keyboard. And thank God it finally like Macs have good keyboards again, <laughs> which is like an incredible thing. But like, let's talk about the thing itself. Like, okay, so the the keyboard is is the biggest talking point, obviously, because you know everybody hates the keyboard. Uh, but what else is there? So the uh, 10 gen Intel CPUs in this, like which ones? Like the uh... not the 10 nanometer ones, the the improved versions of the old Intel chips. But you get the better graphics, though. You do get better integrated graphics, which is something that I. So I have a 2018 MacBook Pro, which has basically the last generation of graphics because they didn't bump them up when the 2019 chips on Intel side, they only, I think, got a slight overclock, but there wasn't a huge architecture jump. And so jumping to this new Iris Pro, actually, I think it's important because this computer, when I'm doing it for regular compute things, right, doesn't lag, but I've been um, in VTuber hell recently and trying to work on ARKit apps. And basically how it works in Xcode, right, is it renders out the live preview, right? When you When you go ahead and preview the app, you're rendering out that AR scene on your computer yeah so it's 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 live it chugs a little bit not gonna yeah, lie it chugs yeah I would, I would imagine it chugs yeah like 
I mean, it's like, so this come with like the i, like there are i5 options at 1.4 gigahertz and 2 gigahertz. And there's also the, obviously the high end i7 options at like 1.7 to 2.3, right? These are all quad core chips. Uh, as, as you mentioned, they come with the new uh, Iris graphics. Uh, and also, uh, the, the 13 inch base level config comes with 256 gigs of storage. Fucking dang the lord because 128 is is uh is, is is tight like if you buy that base base storage model that's that's hard. that's difficult if you like if you're gonna use it for a while like you're gonna run out of storage like, actually i would th- argue against buying the base model so um essentially this base model didn't get a processor upgrade the base model just got more storage for the same price and the new keyboard and that's it i feel like i feel like that base model is just it's the same as my laptop. It literally has the same processor as my laptop. And that's fine for me right now. But like, if you're buying it in 2020, you want more headroom, right? Then the same. Right. I mean, I mean, it depends on your budget, I guess, uh, depending on what, what you want to, like how much you want to spend on this. Like, but you get better, you get better. Well, you get better sustained performance because this is better cooling than the MacBook air. But if you're talking about like regular computing, like GPU wise and all of that, the MacBook Air technically is faster in some areas than this machine. This machine just only re- gives you a touch bar and a bright, a little bit of a brighter screen. Like, how much is it for you to bump it up to like the i7 option, right? And you can't do it on the base model. You have to buy the the um the tenth gen model to get anything above an i5, right? And that that's like so it's. It's confusing. This MacBook line, there's technically two MacBooks, right? Even though there's there's the 13-inch model range, there's two models. You have the upper, the more expensive fourth Thunderbolt port one, which is the one that comes with the 10th generation. And also two, actually, for the same price that I got my MacBook, I, you also get double the amount of RAM now. It's um, LPDDR4X RAM, higher clock speed, 16 gigs for 1,800, which is... When I bought it, it was eight gigs of twenty-one thirty-three megahertz LP DDR three memory. So that's the, the the improvements you get for the same price is not that bad, especially when you bring in the new processor and the new graphics. So I think like the the more expensive models, the fourth Thunderbolt models are actually worth it. I think they're pretty competitive in terms of performance. But those two that thousand three hundred and thousand five hundred ones, like last generation processors, it's like what's I guess if you don't want a macbook air because you're going to be doing sustained performance stuff like maybe like if you need sustained clock speeds and maybe you should look at this macbook pro but honestly if you're spending a thousand five hundred right like you get such a better computer by just saving up a couple hundred dollars to get to buy that thousand eight hundred yeah that's the thing i'm look i'm looking at i'm looking at the apple site uh like the the, between the difference between the the one thousand five hundred model and the one thousand eight hundred model right so like you have like a 300 dollar difference and you get a a better 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 cpu like a higher clock speed cpu right and you get more ram right you get 16 gigs of ram on the 1800 model 16 gigs of faster ram as well like and you also get faster storage because the NVMe drives are higher, uh, higher yeah, speed on that's these. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like the the bar. Like it it doesn't. I mean, unless you like, yeah. If you really need that price model price, it seems like the two like they are really they will really want you to get like the two point gigahertz model, right? And it's like and also the thing about USB C ports, friends. As much as I love Thunderbolt, the more ports you can have on a laptop, the happier you'll be. 
I've had a one port MacBook before. There was times where I would have to, we'd have to cut podcast recordings early because my battery was dying and I couldn't charge it and record at the same time because I didn't have a, a power pass through USB-C dongle. Don't live love, that life. You love, you hate to see that. Don't, yeah, that's you, the... you want four, th- you want four USB-C ports on a computer of only USB-C yeah. ports. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's. If you, because if you're looking at a MacBook Pro, you likely do not pro things, but you do some sort of productive work and if you're going to go for like a two port computer that you just like want a Mac for the MacBook air is better for what, for that kind of computer than what the MacBook. Pro yeah. Is. That's what it's, that's like, if like it really, like it's, if this is one of those things where you're like looking at the lineup and the lineup is really designed in a way that where it's really optimal to just buy the highest end one, which is the $1,800 model. Right. Uh, which I mean, I guess it's, it's the Apple way of doing things. Right. Uh, right. Like it's. I mean, that thousand eight hundred dollar model though is still gonna last. That's like gonna be a good computer for years to come. But but it is kind of fucked up. It is like because especially if you compare this to the Surface Book Three that we were talking about, right? I'm pretty sure you get a better GPU because you get a dedicated GPU for spending a thousand eight hundred on a on a Surface, and you also get a Nvidia GPU, which are always more performant than um AMD ones, specifically on mobile. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, if you need a MacBook. If you need a Mac, then well, I mean, the, these the, this is your option, right? I mean, these and also we should mention these are just, I guess, before the educate like these are targeted towards students, right? Like some of these, like these are the thousand three hundred and a thousand five hundred and the era really like a student models. I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. and they want to get these out before the next school year starts. If you, I mean, if, if I there's the next school year. I mean, we don't know if we're going to have a regular school year, but, you know, people still need laptops. Uh, I so. mean, and, and and as much as me and, and Sadek are here talking about, like, how it's a little pokey, that base model, at the end of the day, right, like, you probably won't notice. I mean, it's, I mean, if you're a, okay, look, if you're a student, okay, let, let me, let me, if you're a student and the only things you do are, like, WordPress, like, you you have Google Chrome and, like, Google Docs open and, like, maybe Microsoft Word. Or something like that, right? Um, you you'll be fine, even on the MacBook Air. Like you'll be fine on that. And it it is only matters, right? The differences only matter when it comes to doing graphics work. And with that, friend, let's have a talk about why are you using a Mac for graphics works? All right, let, let, let's have that conversation first, and then we can look at MacBooks for you. <laughs> but outside of that, I like with the Surface slide now. I'm actually pretty positive on all this because once again, if someone tells me they want a Mac, I could be like, okay, however much you have to spend, just buy whichever one you like because you're not going to have a trash keyboard and you're going to have a pretty great time. Thanks. Yeah. The keyboard thing is really the big one. <laughs> this is strange. We live in strange times. We can recommend computers again. Like it, it, It's weird. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that there's going to be like really great to use Linux releases. I can tell people to start using Linux again. Fuck. What a, what a world we live in. I mean that that new Ubuntu release is pretty good. So, um, so our computer that. is good again. Is that the question now? <laughs> no, not. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think you'd have to get a lot better for that to be okay. So let's talk about uh, computers being bad uh, and dunk on uh, Google and Facebook. Uh, so let's start with Google, and this one is a classic shades of brown topic, right? Because this this combines both dunking on Google and also talking about chat apps, uh, so obviously double bingo. So you got Google unifies 
its its messaging strategy under uh, a single person, right? Uh, J- ha- ha- how do you say his name? Uh, Javier. J- Javier, I guess. Yeah, Javier. Javier Soltero, uh, who wa- who was the VP and general manager of the G Suite uh, division, I guess, is taking charge of all the Google messaging apps in in a single unified team, uh, which includes. Uh, let's 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 talk about all. Let's wait. Let's list them. All right. Let's go off top of our head, everyone. Let's start listing the chat apps. We have Google Chat, Google Meet, Google Duo, Google Voice. Hangouts, Android messages of RCS support, Android messages not using RCS, and don't forget the ones in the graveyard, Google Talk, Google Allo, Google Wave, fuck, fuck, am I, am I forgetting, YouTube chat, chat and YouTube, um, f- Stadia, the Stadia app has messaging in it, um, Gmail is a messaging app, I, I, am I forgetting any, I, I mean, don't know, the, no one I knows. I mean, the chat, the chat in Google Docs. Oh shit, chat um, in Google Docs, um, fuck, Google Groups, we got Google Groups, um, I mean, <laughs> Uh, what else groups. what else what else so, is there um i think that's all of them i think that's all if i forgot a google chat app please at me at packetcat 10 forward.social i'd love to know what chat <laughs> oh apps I, I missed oh, no. <laughs> um, so so i mean we're laughing at this but also at the same time can they do it can they unify these under a single umbrella and actually like as somebody in the Ars technica men- uh, comments mentioned this is like untangling medusa's hair uh like, can they do it? Can they, can Javier do get this shit done? Can he unify this shit and make a make a like a single plan? Like, uh, I, I'm I'm assuming that what they're gonna do is they're gonna have the consumer stuff, right? So they're gonna like have like duo and voice and hangouts and messages into one thing, and then you have like. What is the enterprise stuff like the meat, right? Like what else? What else is like the enterprise? Like shit? literally, Google just needs two or three chat ups, right? One for business, co- like Google Chat, right? For doing their Slack competitor, because that shouldn't be a consumer thing. That should be its own app, and that makes sense to be its own app. That I won't argue against. But voice hangouts and messages should be merged into a app, an iMessage like app that you can either message people with a Google account or you can text them. And whether or not it uses a custom phone number, that can be a sub feature. It doesn't need to be its own app or it uses RCS, right? Just do the iMessage thing. And this is going to be a centralized service. So you already know if the person you're talking to is using Google Voice or if they have a Google account to be com- that they're actively using or if it's just the number you're messaging. You know that. So you could just have a thread with that and combine it into one just like iMessage, right? And then actually, I think that it, I could see an argument for either either way right of the video chat app either being standalone or built in because on on mac os facetime is technically its own app and i don't think that's a bad thing right like i don't think it's confusing that oh doing video calls gets broken out to its own app you know that's that's fine i think yeah that's not really a problem right you don't like you don't want to like overload an app with functionality right uh that's also a thing that uh i mean facebook has been streamlining their messenger app right so like you know you don't want to like get to put too much shit into one app but like to one service, you can have one service, but multiple uh, apps for the same like aspects of the service, right? Like you can have the video version, video app for the same service, and you have like the like the like the text chat uh, app uh, like be separate, right? Uh, I don't know. So like, I mean, 
I mean, we'll see. I guess. I mean, this is this is just an announcement, just a press release. Uh, time will tell if if, if we we'll come back in a year and see if Google has actually done anything. Just imagine though the engineering effort to merge all those together, right? Like that is that is what would be what's more complex? Microsoft trying to modernize Windows, right? Or trying to be the person who's leading the engineers who are going through every single Google Chat pro- like project to to modernize them and try and unify them and make them like cohesive. Yeah, I mean that's which is funny since like at its core a chat app is like one of the more basic things you can make in computing because it's just like sending text on the internet. <laughs> It turns out everybody wants to send text in different ways, and in, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, let's not get into the chat app discourse. Let's move on to uh, dunking on Facebook, and this one is actually a big, this one is like uh, so. What happened was there was uh, a server side change on Facebook's, uh, I guess, one of Facebook's APIs that broke apps that use the Facebook iOS SDK in a way that these apps would just crash, right? Uh, which <laughs> which is not, as you can imagine, apps like Spotify, Venmo, Tinder, TikTok, DoorDash, uh, Pinterest, you know, these are big name apps. Uh, these apps all use the uh, Facebook SDK, uh, I presume because they have uh, login as Facebook, uh, things in it, right? That's mostly probably the biggest reason these apps have the Facebook SDK. Um, and they just started crashing. And the, uh, the issue tracker on this uh, was uh, kind of hilarious. Uh, and I think it's important to 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 make a, a brief point here that you know you think it to yourself. So it's only why is it crashing on launch, right? Why is it not crashing when I if I interact with Facebook functionality? Because how libraries work on iOS in theory. Theoretically, it's ditto even with web libraries is that you lazy load them in, right? Let's say there's a Facebook button. That's just a UI button. Only when I tap that should the the Facebook code start being executed, right? And at that point, I, it would reach out to the server, have whatever error, ca- whatever is causing that error on the Facebook side, but then crash the app. Okay, just don't hit that button. But as discovered on this Twitter thread, which I forgot the link to, but will be in the show notes. Facebook was running hidden code every time an app launched. So, so okay, so there is a, a like it it launches the SDK code unless you hit, unless you put a certain uh, flag in the plist, right? In the app's plist or whatever, right? Like the X, like a XML, not an XML value, but like like a plist. No, plists are XML files. It's basically so it's yeah. Like an XML so, so value. like so like XML value, like if you put the the uh, in it. Uh, allowed, what is it like? The, what is the flag called? Like the uh, that is a great question. Like disable initial in it, or like like something like that. Like if you put that flag in, it wouldn't automatically start. But by default, all by default, I guess none of these apps had that in their in their playlist. And I guess what it starts the SDK code regardless of if you're actually using the Facebook functionality. So uh, so not not good. Not not great. I would imagine like all these apps are gonna like uh the, the developers of these apps are gonna like update their apps to not launch the Facebook functionality code until uh until they until the user actually initiates uh, a Facebook uh based login. Uh like oh, you have to tap the button as you mentioned, right? So it's like 
not not great. Like not not a good time for anybody involved here. Like uh, like the, the the developer who made the change on the server side or whoever made the change server side, uh, not having a great day. Um, and I would imagine everybody who uh, develops these apps were also not having a good day. Uh, so <laughs> like not a not a not a great time all around like this this is this is one of those things where you're like yeah i get where these apps use like the facebook sdk but also at the same time this is what happens when you use someone else's sdk and it calls out to their server and it, then it causes a crash like that's see like i feel like a, a a general rule when it comes using software libraries is you inevitably have to right but like if you're building software in 2020 like everyone kind of has to use a third-party library every now and then um, sometimes I would say like, especially those one line JavaScript libraries that do a thing like <laughs> friend, if they're open source, just fucking make a JavaScript file and link to it in your app and just copy and paste the code. And then, you know, that it's always going to be good because that library is just a function and likely having that function will never break anything. If you change anything else, or if it does, you know, what cause it's, you know, that's whatever. I'm not going to get into that, but, um, yeah, and it, it, it's like you, you have that chance of the library being hijacked, uh, and have, cryptocurrency code injected it to it yeah but with Uh, (laughs) ios though it's i I think that like if if you need the facebook sdk like i don't know ask yourself why right like is it what's the benefit to having a facebook login sure you don't have to handle user authentication if you use you could use either just use like apple's login system right or google's login system because, and the thing about using Apple's login system is that's a system API set. And if that breaks, if that breaks, there, I feel like Apple is more takes more responsibility in ensuring that even if they're, some of their APIs are not documented and it's a mess, and which I like, I get you, iOS developers. I, I know that pain of looking up an API and it's not being documented at all. Fucking bullshit, right? But, but if an Apple made API breaks, that's going to be resolved quicker and there'll be more care to be to, to ensure that, that doesn't happen than if someone makes a server side change on a Facebook thing and then oh shit, I guess we broke the iOS SDK for a couple hours. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a great time and people in the like what like as a developer, what do you even do? Like uh, to be honest, most of these are apps, like big apps, right? With and I, I mean, and the reason they have Facebook login is they don't. They essentially they want to make login and sign up as easy as possible, right? I mean, the more difficult you make sign up in an app, the more people like don't do it, right? Like you want to make it so that if if somebody doesn't want to create a new account, they can log in with their Facebook account. So like, like they still want that like user engagement right like it's that's all all this is about they want that hashtag uh engagement uh so this, here we are with stuck with the facebook sdk because guess what uh people people don't want to sign up with another account so that's that's but i mean like i don't know do you it is actually i think it's not that i think it's also that since it makes it easier to sign up for accounts it inflates user numbers and makes them look nicer for maus and all that shit when they go to their investors right like i think it's not really i think it's less of a user experience argument and more of we need to um ha- growth hack is it have higher yep higher sign up rates and like 
you know, like, you know, like what do you, when you have those numbers that you're showing to investors or whatever, right? Like you, you, you want those as high as possible, right? And you want to optimize for those, right? So if, if your app doesn't have Facebook login, you're like, I mean, okay, but like now, now it's harder. Like now, like the user has to actually create an account and they might not want to do that, right? Like they might be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't really want to, like they might be like, it's like, it's like if you, somebody wants to like, check out let, let's use maybe like spotify as an example right maybe like if, if you're like if you don't have a streaming service or like maybe i want to check out spotify and you're like okay if there is a, a new account creation process you're like eh, maybe maybe not right now like so we might have like lost a user but but if they like if they have the facebook login they can be like okay i, I could just use my facebook account and now you have a user that might convert into a paid user right right so like that's the thing like the the friction this is about the sign up friction right you want to remove the sign up friction with these uh like login as x uh things right like if you want, if you have this in your app it just just remove those uh friction uh and that's a, that's a huge thing apparently like, well you also it's also like a dark pattern to capture the user because you could spotify could just have like oh you're using our site hey or maybe we're detecting this from an ip address that hasn't really gone to spotify before okay we'll let the user just pick a couple songs without an account right and try certain features out and then tell them they need to sign up for an account issue is of course that when it, that makes too much sense and that's too user friendly what you really want to do is capture them so you have their information and then just sort of try and push them heavily to paying for spotify premium right 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 uh it's, it's there's also the also the whole thing about facebook the sdk sending all sorts of telemetry to facebook right uh which you know not 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 great especially uh if you don't have a facebook account like me and you use these apps. Actually, ooh, since you you check net you check network traffic a lot. How much does Spotify? How chatty is Spotify to Facebook when you're using it? I mean, it isn't actually. I'm like I'm actually like on my phone. Let me like quit it. Like let me force quit the app and make it do its whole launch thing again. Uh, and let's see. No, it doesn't reach out to Spotify, but it it does have some telemetry to like. Uh, app.adjust.com i don't know what adjust i know adjust is i think like, that's facebook i think i think it's facebook let me is see. that facebook i don't know i like i uh, let me let me go on domain tools and look up that fucking domain that uh, might because, be oh no adjust.com it's its own um analytics yeah that's it gets blocked by by my dns uh like the by the pile server but uh yeah, I, I do see it reaching out to like app.adjust.com and sb.scorecardresearch.com. Both of those are, I know, like, uh, like telemetry, like, like stuff, right? I know scorecard research is like a pretty common one, right? Uh, I've seen that before. Uh, so, so I'm not, I'm not seeing any Facebook specific stuff because I think that might just be because I'm not logged into, like I, I have my own account. This it's already logged into, uh, logged into. Yeah, and if Spotify is using App Adjust. They're likely not going to be using any of uh, Facebook's mobile analytic tools because that doesn't yeah, really that's help what, them. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking too. Like, if, I mean, the, they might just be having the Facebook SDK for the login, right? Which, uh, which in my case wouldn't shouldn't trigger at all because my app is already logged in with its own account, right? I mean, should uh, shouldn't, right? <laughs> shouldn't. I mean, I haven't. I don't see any DNS requests for any Facebook domains, so you know. Uh, 
I don't know, like if, if it, just because it's like already logged in, it doesn't trigger that. Also, I guess as a side note for people listening, installing one of these tools to to check out network traffic and to see what's being chatty to what is actually pretty fun to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we can we can do this all day with all sorts of apps. Like like like, let me launch say uh, uh, Lyft, right? Let me launch a Lyft app. What do we have? We have uh, going to Bug Snack. And going to appboy.com. Bug snag is, I guess, for error tracking and appboy. I don't know what appboy is. Uh, Probably like app analytics as well. Um, like if we open, if I open up one password on my Mac, right, it'll reach out to onepassword.com, obviously for me, my one password account that he's the hosted one, but it also reaches out to, uh, to Microsoft app analytics. Oh, okay. So it's not like, so it's like these are these a Microsoft domain. It looks like cause for, for that. Yeah, I see a lot of like app measurement.com for like if you launch like YouTube, right? Uh, like the YouTube app has still have a tree, obviously. Like the Discord, let's say the, the Discord iOS app goes to like Crashlytics, like and app adjust. Like Discord uses Crashlytics for like uh, crash logs and like app uh, adjust.com for, I guess, like normal telemetry. And then always remember, Discord too is, is every time you tap a button, it's sending a network request back to Discord proper. Discord is very heavy with the with the telemetry. So yeah, the, I think the point here is that all these apps have telemetry of some sort and SD, uh, external SDKs, right? Especially, uh, especially if you if it's one of the big uh, analytics packages like the Google one has its own SDK, right? Like the Crashlytics uh, or whatever SDK. And and mind you, I guess it's it's. For just, I guess, to put ourselves on the developer side, like I don't think all developers are trying to be nefarious, right? I think that like some people are putting in Facebook SDKs and analytic SDKs, not because they want to track your every move, but just because they want to know if people are using parts of their app, right, to kind of determine what to yeah, be exactly. doing. I mean, I the thing is, uh, I I'm I'm kind of sympathetic to like smaller developers using telemetry uh, because it is actually helpful for them to understand like which features are used and which features are not used. You know, like it's, it's it's like for Overcast, Marco has talked about it, right? He basically like anonymizes everyone to random IDs, right? Which I guess in theory, if you wanted to, maybe he could work out who you are based off of it. But it's more or less that it's just like every time a when a feature is used, it sends like a, a just an increment number back to him, so he knows how many times like say like the watch app is being used right and that's how you can know roughly what percentage of installs are using x feature right i mean that's that's i mean i'm fine with that uh, and also the thing about the overcast it implements its own analytics it doesn't go to like google or facebook or any of these other big analytics firms right uh which is the other thing i know like smaller developers especially tend to use the google sdk because they're uh if they're especially making like an android app as well like it's already easy to implement them right you already have an account with Google, uh, like you have the analytics, you might as well, you know, get the Google benefit there. So I get it. I get it, but I'm still going to bog these uh, on my DNS. Like it's, I, 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 I trust the developers, but I don't trust the data going to Google or Facebook here, right? Like it's, I don't want to be giving the. No, yeah, I get it. And at the very least, too, I think iOS and macOS are actually, they're pretty respectful about when you turn off the Apple tracking, right? I think that actually stops all network requests too, to the specific um, domain for sending crash logs to Apple. Yeah. I mean, Apple, like you can turn up most, like if you turn up the Apple uh, analytics stuff, it doesn't send like, it's pretty quiet. 
Um, like it, it'll talk to iCloud if you have that, right? Like if you have iCloud stuff logged in, obviously it's going to talk to iCloud. If you have iMessage turned on, obviously you're going to see iMessage traffic, right? Uh, so if you have any of the Apple Cloud stuff, so it's going to do that. But like if you turn off the telemetry, it doesn't send any, any telemetry as that far as seen. So. So that's, I mean, that's a little, I guess, side segment on, uh, on, on telemetry. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, as always, you can find us on two shades of brown.com. The show notes are going to be there. Uh, you can uh, email us contact at two shades of brown.com. You can find me on sadiksafe.com and on the fediverse at packet at 10 forward dot social. Uh, just a way to people find you on the internet. You can find me shitposting about Love Live and VTuber Hell at um, Josephine at chitter.xyz. You can also find me on my website, josephine.website. And a side request, if any of y'all are pretty good with UIKit or know things about UIKit, just send me a message. I got some questions. Uh, trying to work on an iOS app right now. SwiftUI, beautiful, by the way. SwiftUI is absolutely beautiful. Um, but I need to dip into UIKit for some stuff. And UIKit is gross. UI kit is nasty and gross and bad. And if you know more than I, which you probably do, uh, send me a message and we can, we can become anime girls together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anime girls together. And with that, you know, goodbye. Bye.